0: Ladies and gentlemen, good mo- good morning, good afternoon, good evening, uh, depending on what parts of the world you are in. Um, this is another episode of Broken Nigeria. I am Joseph. Uh, from I just want to say, you know, a big thank you to everyone who's been listening. Um, a lot of listeners have giving me feedback and stuff and it's it's been re, it's been really encor- encouraging uh i will be brutally honest i i don't do this because of maybe um so so <clears throat> in order to get some sort of popularity or something i actually do this because i have something to say i have my thoughts to air out and my feelings well won't say feelings my views to exp- express uh, I mean being a Nigeria and living in Nigeria of course, definitely you will you be forced into you know talking to politics because of the state of the country at the moment. But you know thank you to our listeners, um, especially those who have given me some sort of feedback. It's been nice, it's been great. Uh, it, It's it's been chale- you know challenging you know, doing this and keeping one sanity, but you know the show must go on. And uh, I I do really hope to continue putting out content as much as possible. Even, uh, I say that having in mind the uh, the sort of, uh, would I say, I won't call it a restraining order, but the sort of policing being done on media these days in Nigeria. Uh, But that's, you know, that's a topic for another day. I'm just going to go, go straight on into it. What you will notice, what you notice, um, difference between episodes from <clears throat> to today onwards is the fact that, please do, do par- pardon me, I, I know I, my, my throat's, I've been having some issues in my throat lately. I have been tested, I don't have COVID-19, thank God for that. Uh but yeah, what we, you would notice from episodes onward, from this episode onwards is the fact that uh, I, I'm not going to go into headlines and news headlines anymore. I'm just going to go with uh, my view on what I feel are major headlines or the ones that actually really caught my attention, you know, and, and really give my, my view on it. I will keep the episodes a bit short. Uh I, I've been, you know, it's it's not, it's it, it'll be uh, foolish of me to ignore feedback I've been giving. And, you know, most people don't really want, you know, something that's too long, you know, one hour, you know, two hours, that sort of thing. That I'd be to you. anyone living in Nigeria, even, even the uh, foreigners who I've spoken to, who live in Nigeria, have said the same thing, I acquainted them, and I I quote and unquote, there is too much wahala (laughs) in this country for a one-hour conversation. Um, I'm not going to mention who exactly said that, but uh, yes, uh, he or she was, was, was right, actually. I mean, for a foreigner to be saying that, well, pretty much telling me what I already knew. <laughs> yes, even they too they have notice. Uh But yeah, we we we, we hopefully it's. Uh, I'm going to keep it as light as possible. Though this episode episodes onwards, I will be just tackling major stories and then going to something a bit social and a bit light, you know, towards towards the end. But pardon me, uh, not. Pardon me from doing that in this episode because I'm not sure, in light of the, the way things have been going in, in Nigeria, I, I find it hard to be a bit to throw in something light. Maybe I'll try in the next episode, but this episode, I warn you, it will be a bit um, hmm, heavy. <laughs> Heavy. So, if you want to run it now, now is the best time because I'm I'm going to go into uh, one major major thing that I I really need to talk about, and this is a bit more social, so on the social side, uh, you know, I, mean, I mentioned you know foreign people. Yes, we do. Like every country, we have foreigners living living. Some working, some some visiting. Uh, one thing I've noticed is that is that uh, hmm. okay pardon me for not putting this in a nice way but what I notice is the sort of godlike complex most of them have or rather superiority complex most of them have you know we I, I would most of you in fact most of you will realize that a lot of um, mostly Lebanese and Indian Lebanese Indians and Chinese people live in Nigeria. Yes, and I will, you know, I will single out these three people because they are the most notorious for it. Most of them tend to treat Nigerians in a very, very most. I say most, not all. I have met a few good ones. Most of them tend to treat Nigerians in a very inferior manner, like like they are way and far better than us. It's almost like, it's almost like second the coming of second slavery. You know, it's like they they look at Nigerians like like they are animals. I won't say animals because some of them actually treat their pets, you know, better than uh, more yeah, more like wild beasts that need to be tamed or tamed or treated in a very harsh manner. I've been to you know different your know, um organizations where I, and I see the way the foreigners speak to nigerians i see the you know i i've been privy to the amount of salary they pay nigerians i'm or rather africans uh, i i'm privy to the uh sort of treatments you know my fellow nigerians and fellow africans are being subjected to now i'm not trying to say i'm not saying all this to you know br- to have people you know protest or you know bring out the, f- the flames and pitchforks i'm just I wanted to actually dissect this issue and to be honest as much as you know most of them are sort of especially the Arabs are sort of um, living in the shall I say in in the shadow of their uh, of their ancestors or in the view of their ancestors to Africans to black people when I say that <clears throat> anyone who's as versed in history as I, as I am will realize that, will remember, or rather realize or remember, anyone you want to um, look at, you would realize that the fact that in history, back in, um, I, I can't remember exactly, but this was before the Euro- European uh, slave trade. The Arab slave trade was actually what inspired the European slave trade. You know, when you had people, you know, certain journalists looking at what um, the Arabs did in, in the slave markets in Zanzibar, for, for instance, you know, they, they carted away with black people, they mistreated us some of some of us got killed um by these slave traders on the on routes to north africa and the arab markets and man it, it was demeaning if you think if you think the european the the treatments of black slaves by the europeans i don't know why it's a bit hard but if you think that was bad, imagine something three times worse than that. Trust me. The only difference is by the time the European slave trade came about, we had a lot of means of documenting such things. You know, people, black people survived. Some black people, most black you know, some of the black slaves survived to tell the tales tales of their bad treatments. But imagine a situation where it was three times worse because from little documentation we have of the Arab slave trade, Man, it was terrible. It was terrible, and I I, I think about it, and I just like okay, wow, and the fact that a lot of African slaves from what from what I've read, I'm going by what I've read, allegedly did not even so did not survive to tell the tale of the Arab slave trade. I'm I I honestly don't want to imagine. You know, I don't even want to visualize what they might have gone through. But I, but then at the end of the day, when you look at the way I'm going to go by eleven by Arabs here in Nigeria, by uh, the way most of them treat Nigerians, treat Africans, you're you're just like yeah, it's it's kind of pretty much almost the same. Well, a sort of uh, diluted way they they sort of just look at us like mm, okay, yeah. My great-great-great-great-grandfather, one of my ancestors, owned, owned your ancestor or something. So, you know, why should I respect you? But it's not all, you know, down to the faults of history, to be honest. it's I actually blame, put most of the blame, 80% of the blame on Nigerians or or rather on we Africans. Because we tend to treat treat them, when we see a foreigner, when we see someone of a different colour... You know, someone who isn't black, let me put it this way. We tend to treat them like they are gods. You know, we tend to marvel at the color of their skin. We tend to marvel at the way they dress, the way they talk, you know, the way they walk. We tend to, you know, like like human, like, you know, the gods of, you know, I know Mount Olympus, I'm using Greek mythology, Have have sort of descended to be amongst us. It's almost like the second coming of Christ. I kid you not. I'm not, you know. I'm not. I'm. I'm not um, exaggerating on this actually, and I look at it like. Well, I don't understand why. <laughs> I mean, I ask this question why because it, to me, there's a thing someone said. Uh, there was a thing. There's a thing that fellow African said recently. He said, "What? Whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're red, blue, green, whatever." The color of the blood in our veins is still red. No one has green blood, black blood, yellow blood, or red blood, or whatever blood. You know, it's all still red. And for that and other reasons, we are all human beings and should be treated as human beings. And that's the truth. But then here in Nigeria, we, we here in Nigeria. I'm gonna I'm gonna use Nigeria because that's where it's, it's I'm, I'm Nigerian, and this is where I live. We treat these guys like gods, like you know, like they have something else running through their veins. I don't know some I don't know some sort of superior blood running through their veins. But if there's anything COVID-19, and I I say this with all due respect, if anything COVID-19 has shown us and other pandemics have shown us is that they are human beings like every one of us, but you see them, you see Nigerians, you know, prostrating to these people, metaphorically prostrating to them. You know, you see Nigerians talking to them in a very kind and manner, welcoming manner. And when you look at the way Nigerians treat their fellow Nigerians, you're just like, wow. We treat ourselves, most of us treat our fellow Nigerians or fellow Africans like they are shit, like they are terrible, like they, like they are dogs. And from that, these foreigners pick up that behavior, pick up that behavior and think, you know what, if this guy is treating, if these people are treating themselves like this way, you know what? Why not? If you are ready to demean and degrade yourself, You're not gonna expect he or she to actually lift you up. Uh, No, if you're going to, if you're going to present yourself as some animal or present yourself as inferior to them, then you trust me. Then you will be treated as inferior. (laughs) That's the truth. You know, they they're going to eat the meal the way the meal presents it. If you are going to reduce, reduce or remove your respect, you know, because of I don't know what you're hoping, whatever you're hoping they will give you, then, hey, you know, <laughs> that, that, that's, that's your business. You, 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 you're deserving what you get, you know. But at the, at the end of the day, what, what really then aches me is the fact that, you know, aside from the fact that, you know, we, we bring ourselves this low and we treat our fellow Africans, you know, in, in a poor manner, what then gets to me is the fact that the way things are going, people like myself who have have a lot of respect i I mean i have i like to believe i have a lot of respect for myself you know and i try to keep myself respect no no matter the situation and i do not see these white i do not see you know foreigners as gods or anything as far as concerned they're human beings i've lived and worked amongst them you know i've i've you know being immersed into their lifestyle into their culture and stuff and you know I've come to admire their culture. I've come to admire my my culture. So when I then get approached by them in the manner at which they approach most Nigerians, or rather all Nigerians, I'm like, I'm sorry, no offense, but I'm not your worker or your, I know, your, your slave or something that you approach me in that sort of nasty manner, like he cannot talk to me as a human being and even when I do approach some of them you know as on the same level hey well human beings how are you this this that, that they look they give me this sort of look like sorry how dare he talk to me <laughs> you know how dare he even make the make initial contact like how dare he talks to me like we're on the same level I'm saying most foreigners not all foreigners some of them are even surprised that, oh, you can speak good English and you can approach me or something. And I'm, and I'm looking at them like, really, do you really have to generalize? You know, sometimes it, I, it almost feels like myself and a few, a few uh, Nigerians I've seen in this sort of instance are the exception. Look, we, we, we tend to look like exceptions, you know, exceptions to the rule. And should, should that be so? Should it really be an exception to the rule? And why do we continue to have this sort of inferiority, inferior, inferiority complex? I'm trying to get the pronunciations right. Why do we continue to, to have that? Why do we continue to bring ourselves so low? That, I, so many questions to ask. Do, you think, do we really think these people are better than us? I say these people with all due respect, you know, do, you, do we feel that they're better than us? What makes them even better than us? You, I'm sorry, do you think it all is good and great in their country? The truth is, a lot of foreigners, let me just give you the brutal, some brutal honesty, especially from what I gathered, from what I saw during my time in Europe. A lot of foreigners that leave Europe, let me use the Europeans, a lot of Europeans that leave Europe to come looking for opportunities in Africa. A lot of Asians that leave Asia come looking for opportunities in Africa. A lot of Americans who leave America to come and look for opportunities. Most of them don't have opportunities there. They come here, they live excellent, wonderful lives in you know, really comfortable lives. Check out what their lives are over there. Actually, over there, most of them, most of them are, don't live that, don't live in such comfortable situations, and that's why you know the heat's going too much, and that's why most. I'm talking about most of them. The heat's going too much, and they run to Nigeria, or they run to Africa, looking for opportunities for for a much better life. I remember 2010 when I left. Wow, it's been that long. But remember two thousand ten, when I left England, England was in it was in a recession. It was in a terrible situation. Nigeria was in a much better situation, economical situation, than than in, economic situation than England. Because of what, even some of my colleagues at work were like, uh, "Joseph, can you like you <laughs> smuggle us to Nigeria?" I'm not, I'm being. I'm being serious. Most of them were envious of me leaving. And going to Nigeria, but you know, what, what what the hell? It's the fact that we continue to look at ourselves as inferior. And I, I know I'm going past my time limits. We'll soon go on a break. Don't 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 worry yourself. But it's the fact that I'm that I said I'm. It's the fact that we continue to look at, at ourselves as inferior. And that's the reason why we continue to act inferior we continue to present inferior things we continue to to give inferior quality of jobs inferior governance everything just ends up being inferior why because we have this inferior inferiority complex this inferior inferior mindset and we're just like man that is why we end up looking for white saviors we end up looking for white people I, I I hate to use color, but we end up looking for. Let me just put it this way: we end up looking for non-Africans to give us give us solution to African problems. People who don't know anything about Africa. It's the reason why let's let's face it. It's the reason why we're having so many conflicts in Africa. Why? Because we allow the white man to we allow the foreign foreign powers, Europeans especially. To map out our map out our continent and say, hey, Nigeria, even though you have so many ethnic groups that don't agree with each other, you guys, you know, our country. That's why they will say, hey, this country, even though you have so many ethnic groups, we we've gone and borrowed so many things from them because we think our minds are inferior, and these things are not working, but we continue to try to make them work because we're thinking. the life. The white man has to be right. So we're going to keep making, you know, using his methods and making it right. No, no, seriously. It's, 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 it's honestly, the sooner we start to re we start taking pride in ourselves and in our our people and realize that the white man is not, I keep using color, but please excuse the fact that I'm using color here. But, you know, these non, or rather non-Africans, non let me put it that way, non-Africans are not superior to us. That it, it, as soon as we realize that we are human beings like they are and we should be competing with them and not submitting to them, that is when things will start improving. That is when Africa the sleeping giant that is Africa will start to rise. That is when even we as Nigerians, when we start to think that way, that's when the so-called giant of Africa that has pretty much in the recent years been torn to a dwarf will finally rise, will finally wake up to grow and develop and compete on the world stage. I, I'm going to leave it there and we're, gonna, we're going to... Go on a break and uh, come back with hmm, hopefully something lighter. But uh, man, I, I doubt there'll be anything light. But please, you know, stick stick around and you know let's let's talk more. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, on the twentieth of November two thousand. And twenty, or rather the 20th of November 2020 news broke out that Nigeria was trying to meet or rather trying to reach an agreement with the Republic of Niger to store their excess crude oil uh. When, when I to be honest with you, when I actually heard about it, I was filled with a bit of. I was actually, I was actually, quite upset. But then you know, I think they. You just need to calm down and you know treat these things with uh, a bit of restraint. Restraints, to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm asking myself, when did Nigeria? I mean, we we have our we've got our own issues in, term, in terms of, um, petroleum res- resources, uh, our refineries aren't working, um, we're selling you know we're selling petrol, at world market price. When I say world market price, you know, for a country that produces crude oil, we shouldn't be selling, as the price you know the the the, the um world market price of pe- petrol we shouldn't be we, we, we should actually be selling at a much cheaper price instead where we've uh, our government has decided to sell petrol at a much higher price citing that it's the same thing that it, it, that it's been done in the uh, kingdom of kingdom of saudi arabia i, I honestly um I'm trying to be as constructive as possible because, to be honest with you, um, I mean, this is, this is Nigeria, this is my country. When things like this happen, I, I, I'm starting to ask myself, question, I, I really, once again, question the quality of leaders and their thought process. We're, we are a, an oil-producing country, rather. Why have we not? Why are we not focusing on building our, on rebuilding our refineries or building new ones, or, getting the, or rather getting the existing ones working? Why are we not even thinking about prioritizing our our refineries or pushing, finally pushing this PIB bill, a PIB bill that has been. In the House of Assembly, well, rather with the House of Assembly for since the last administration into this administration. That's what, like, what, seven years, almost seven years now? Yeah, I start to be corrected. They've been dragging their feet on that PIB bill. I don't want to start throwing accusations, but it's a bit obvious. It, it is becoming a bit obvious. Like, I mean, knowing who we are as a country knowing the way our politician our politicians are and stuff i actually get the feeling that the the feet of the house of assembly all right the house of assembly are dragging their feet on it because they haven't as politicians as individuals they haven't seen some sort of way to fully Take advantage of the PIB bill. When I say take advantage of the PIB bill, I don't mean, I don't mean we as Nigerians taking advantage of the PIB bill. More like they as individuals, you know, being able to plug their own people to work to in order to take advantage of it and increase their already inflated pockets. It, it's it's sad to be honest with with you that we will go as far as. Trying uh, or almost pleading with the Republic of Niger to store their excess crude or even their excess petrol. Uh, we, we're not, we uh, news said ex- excess oil crude crude oil rather. I have a feeling it's actually the, uh, petrol, most spirits, PMS, or what we know as petrol or fuel that we're actually. Story. I, I, I just have a funny feeling that the truth hasn't... Re- the f- real truth hasn't come out... Re- really come out about that story. I'm uh, just like, man... We... we I don't know. We, we tend to have... and this is me trying to... maybe this is me reaching here... but I think in Nigeria we tend to have... this knack for importation. We, we ignore what, it, what we have in our hands... And want, and want to get what is not in our hands i'll give you a good example palm oil right from the, the days you know we're talking about colonial times pre-colonial times it's pretty much what made the british one of the reasons why the british sacked or right, ransacked and massacred people in the in the Benin kingdom back in the days we had palm oil you know we were one of the the biggest producers or rather we we, we were one of the Best producers of palm oil, and now we're not. I don't think we're, we're. I actually don't think we're we're in the top ten anymore. Malaysia, is in Malaysia or Thailand, they came. They came to Nigeria. You know, they took up. They took you know some of our palm palm canals, learned how to grow grow it, and now they're, they're they're like in the top five, you know, palm oil producers in the world, not in Asia, in the world. They borrowed. What we, what we have been producing for centuries and they've gotten b- better at it. In fact, they're the best. I, I, I don't, I, I, I really, uh, like I said, I'm try- really trying to, you know, when I, when I do this podcast, I really do my best to have as much restraint as possible. So I don't say things that I'd um, later come to regret. But I, I think we really need, not even a matter of just our leaders, you know, people in, you know, Nigerians in general, we really need to have some sort of re-engineering of our mind because, I mean, for crying out loud, how do we, there's some things that I hear we import and I'm, I'm asking myself, how? We are blessed. Our greatest resource is not even crude oil. Our greatest resource is actually our, our manpower, our human resource. That is our greatest resource. We are a country of hardworking people. How on earth do we even go as far as importing toothpicks? Are there no trees in Nigeria anymore? Can, can we not produce toothpicks locally? you know i'm from i'm i'm actually from a part of nigeria you know in the southeast where like my hometown uh, we we are known you know back in the days i remember you know in in the, in the 90s you know visiting and all and some of the sh- some shoes that you would you would you know clamor to you would beg or save money to buy in, in italy they were producing it there same quality maybe even better quality you want to they could actually replicate these shoes and you will know you wouldn't know the difference you know it was now a case of okay material you know but at any day shape size everything you, you wouldn't know you really wouldn't know the difference but what's you know what's 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 going on you know, what's the government you know what's the doing to actually encourage these people? I'll tell you what the government is doing, and it's not. And what they're doing is not encouraging the people. Instead, they are you know more like demoralizing these people. Either you know they're refusing to repair the roads, or they're overtaxing. You know, overtaxing such you know labor, or they're just killing off such such skilled labor. It's it's ridiculous. I I can go on and on about it. How are we not tapping into our human resource? Some of the finest doctors in the world are Nigerians. If you want to argue with me, feel free. Though I, I I'd recommend you go argue with your shadow. But some of the the best doctors, in I mean, COVID-19, this whole COVID-19 era has shown that Nigeria, we have some of the best doctors. But they have to run out. They're running away because, hey, the country is inconducive for them. I don't blame them. Even I want to run away sometimes. Most times, to be honest. Like, are you kidding me? What is the government doing to encourage these people? I'll tell you what the government is doing. They're not paying their salaries. The government is refusing to invest in the health sector. We have some of the best teachers in the world. What's the government doing to encourage these people? I'll tell you what they're doing. They're they're paying them low wages and sometimes not even paying them at, at all. Refusing... To invest in the educational sector. Have you checked out government schools? I, I can't imagine anyone can actually learn in those schools. Have you seen the salaried teachers? Are paid. Teachers are being paid monkey wages. I think monkeys even even get paid better than, better than teachers, for crying out loud. How do you pay teachers, people who are helping build the future... How do you pay them far less, far, far less than politicians? Politicians here are earning fat wages. When I say fat wages, I mean, geez, man. Some of them earn even more than some countries' presidents. I'm not joking. And that is not even considering the amount of money, you know, that gets into their pocket via, aka, corruption. Honestly speaking, so when I hear news like you know, some some ridiculous idea of storing um, the excess excess crude oil of the Republic of Niger, I'm just I'm just like, Well, I'm not surprised. It's what this giants of so called giant of Africa has dwarfed itself to. You know, we, uh, you know we've allowed our leaders, we as Nigerians have allowed our leaders to dwarf the once giants of Africa to the point whereby it has to it has to be lesser than ants begging for, for crumbs to fall off the table. I mean we're, now we're, we're begging China for crumbs. you know yeah, give us whatever you can. We will accept your terms. So, something's got got to give eventually, or else Nigeria is going to eventually, eventually, and really and truly become a failed state. So, this week in the news, or rather last week, uh, we, we had a situation whereby uh, the UK Parliament said that they are going to um, start debating on what to do with that well pretty much let me just put it this way UK Parliament received petitions from more than more than a hundred thousand Niger- well and well a hundred thousand human beings because we don't know if they're all Nigerians but it was a signed petition an online position uh, with more than a hundred thousand signatures, signatures asking for some sort of action done against done against Nigerian governments, due to uh, their complicit, rather their self non action towards police brutality against Nigerians. Well, especially down to the fact the. Um, events or what took rather what took place at the lecky toll gates i'm i'm really trying to be careful about the words i use because i don't want to call it a lecky massacre i don't want to call it a lecky genocide like some people are saying on social media it would, people died people died you know and uh, the truth is yet yet to be out well the truth is out there but it's being—it's yet to be fully recognized. Let me put it that way. Uh, but then you know, petitions were signed, in the UK Parliament are now uh, are now going to sit and debate on what to do. Okay, now I need to. I need to just—you know—I'm—I'm I'm going to do my very best to exercise some sort of self-control because, to be honest with you, uh, this is one of the things that sort of, sort of uh, piss me off. Uh, okay do also know that this comes during a week when uh, CNN did a did a sort of expose on what happened during the uh, lucky shootings I mean I'm gonna call it lucky shootings most of their most of the CNN's material was actually based on a live stream from DJ switch uh, on this on the side note DJ, dj switch wherever you are i hope you're safe i hope you're you're okay it's sad that at the end of the day we, we someone who actually risks her life to sort of you know record the truth and you know put the truth out there is being persecuted by even her fellow, own fellow nigerians but i i i, I would Talk. I will talk about that later, or I might just not, because to be honest with you, it's it's, it's, it's just really really, really sad case. But uh, so the UK Parliament are going to discuss about it. CNN, they did the expose. Let me start with CNN. First and foremost, um, you know, kudos to CNN. Okay, thank you for, you know, putting out what we already know, or rather replaying what we already knew. Uh. On a massive, you know, global scale. You know that's fine. You know it gives it gives it this situation more exposure in terms of you know it takes it what takes it globally. I mean most people in most countries already knew about it, but then CNN are taking it to more than hundred countries. That's absolutely that's absolutely fine and great. Close to them for that. Um, my issue is not with CNN; it's rather with rather, right, my issue with the expose is not with CNN. It's actually with the Niger- with the uh, Niger- Niger- Nigerian Nigerian reactions to it. So or rather the reaction to it by most Nigerians, they sort of start hailing CNN, and they, they seem to, it's sort of become that sort of um, flare gun, or you know, that f- you know flare in the sky, uh, that sort of beacon crying out for help. Same thing with the petition, with the online petition. It's sort of our way. Not I'm not gonna say our way because that then includes me myself. But it more like their way of asking for a foreign savior. It's like I don't know if you have seen those Batman movies where when when police when Commissioner Gordon and do excuse my use of um the batman character and and the stories and stuff but when commissioner gordon has no idea what the hell he's going to do he will send a bad signal into the sky i always wondered what the bad signal will signal will look like when there is no no cloud in the sky to actually shine it up against. But, yeah, I mean, it was quite too bright for my liking. But, yeah, it shines it in the sky and hopes that Batman will answer. And that is what pretty much what the CNN expose was. Throughout the end of the CNN, they're just pretty much doing their job. But that's mainly what the petition that was signed by more than 100,000 people, where, you know, they're now pleading with our former colonial masters i repeat again our former colonial masters to come save us okay so i think i've sort of laid the cards out on the table now i'm going to start turning them over one by one. First and foremost i'm ashamed of every single any nigerian that signed that petition what are you petitioning them for what so they can do what i don't know send an army overthrow our government and put a new one uh, or what you know? What do you think you're going to do? Come talk to our gov, our, our our president to actually, you know, do his job and you know govern properly. I'm sorry. What what do you think the parliaments are going to do? What do you think they can do? They, no offense to the to the um, British parliaments, but they have even they're not done sorting out their own problems. They have COVID nineteen. Issues. They have issues with the economy. The economy in, in the UK. They have so many things they haven't sorted out. You know they haven't, they haven't. They haven't. They are not done sorting out the issues facing the British people. And you expect them to what? Start sorting out the issues facing Nigeria. Don't kid yourself, man. Seriously, don't don't kid you. Don't kid yourself. Don't kid yourselves. It's not. it's not going to work. Let me tell you what's going to happen. They're going to talk about this for maybe a week or two before lucky. They're going to say what they, being politicians, they'll say most likely say what um, they feel people want them to say, and with with time, it's all just going to just die out, die out, and you know, and play and play out so on its own. That's pretty much what's going to going to be done. You, you what you think are going, they're going to do what sanctions against nigeria that's not going to work what travel ban i'm sorry have you have you met nigerian politicians have you met people nigerian you know people in in government those in the government what they they do embargo uh, travel bans so they don't come to the uk anymore they just go somewhere else are you kidding me? Like they, they, it's like running water. You block you block a pipe, it's gonna find its way way out one way or the other. So I don't know what Nigerians expect the the UK government to do. I don't ex- I don't know what Nigerians expect the UK Parliament to do. It's 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 just not gonna work. <laughs> it makes it makes absolutely no sense. You know. I mean, I've been noticed. There's just massive trend this massive trend that i just don't seem to understand like why do we keep looking for a white savior and when i when i say white savior i mean it's even down to the fact that that we just see white people in nigeria and i'm going to talk about this in later in you know episodes to come we keep seeing white people here in nigeria we keep most people most nigerians keep seeing white people as some sort of savior like 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 they like there's so, there's something far more special to them than than you know we where we are like they're, they're like they're gods or something and it's ridiculous I'm like are you kidding me I don't understand why can't we deal with our own problems ourselves news flash spoiler alerts that is how countries that are developing or or developed. Well every country is developing, so I can't say you know developed. But that's how countries with fast developing economies, countries that, that you know have great great standards of living, that's how they move forward. Because you know what the, the citizens you know, decide that you know what we're gonna we're gonna chill and we're gonna sort out our own problems. So you're not gonna hear a situation whereby maybe a country let me use a country like Sweden for, for instance when was the last time you, you heard Sweden go beg America to oh come save us come save us no no I, I, correct me if i'm wrong but it's not it doesn't it, it, it man it doesn't work that way Singapore tried it like decades ago, and they realized that, look, the only people that are going to solve our, solve our problem, you know, it's it's if anyone's going to sort out this issue we're having, it's ourselves. And look at Singapore today. Man, wonderful country. Love the country. You know, some people say it's a boring country. Oh, my God, I've been there, spent spent a month or two there, and I'm like, wow, this is, this is nice. <laughs> you know, this is nice. When was the last time you actually saw a Singaporean moving out of Singapore to another country. I know a couple of Singaporeans, they don't want to leave. They're like, come on, life here is too comfortable. Like Life in Singapore is too comfortable for them. But, you know, here we are in Nigeria. We're looking to the white man to come save us. What is he, Superman? Even Superman has got his own issues. Even Batman's got their own issues. You know, what the hell? Guys, wake the hell up. And people then, you know, they're they're praising the CNN expose. No offense. No offense. But, I mean, no offense to CNN. I can totally understand why they, why. I mean, it's understandable why, you know, the material was mostly hedged on DJ Switch's live stream. But there are news networks here in Nigeria that did a far greater job than CNN did no offense to cnn you know i'm not going to mention their names but for those who lived in nigeria who watched you know the, the, the streams from these tv these news channels here in nigeria oh my god they did a wonderful job kudos out to them so why can't we why don't we praise our own why don't we give our own that self-recognition and that's and this is not i'm not this doesn't just affect just you know maybe news networks or you know or news channels or something it's 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 in our everyday life you know what the white man does is far more better than what what our own people uh, you know do Maybe I'm also part of the people because I listen to foreign music more than Nigerian music. It's that's you know, not the topic So, oh and I can actually, you know, back up why I do that. It's not like I don't listen to Nigerian music. I actually I actually have a few Nigerian musicians who I actually listen to their work. You know. But why is it that we just, you know, have this general thing that, you know, what uh, the white man the white man's stuff is better than than ours. Why? It's It makes no sense at all to me. Okay, even if that's the case, just saying, even if that's the case, why can't we support our own to, to do even better? You know, why can't we support our own to compete? Look at countries like Korea. Samsung, where they are today because of the Korean pe- the Korean people, would rather buy Samsung and support Samsung and push Samsung forward to to innovate than to go to Apple. <laughs> no really check out check out what Apple Apple are doing terribly in the Kore- South Korean market. Oh my god. The I don't I not know I I don't even know if South Koreans eat apples. But here we are, in Nigeria. If a Nigerian phone came out that happened to be even better than the iPhone, Nigerians won't buy it because they just be like, mm, "Yeah," and that's why we, and that's why our economy continues. One of the reasons why our economy continues to go down, uh, you know, we continue to borrow money from outside. We we just have we just have this, this thing of seeing foreign foreign you know, bodies, foreign countries as our, our, you know, prospective saviors, and we the victims. We're We're never going to get any better with that sort of thinking.